Welcome to Inside the 435, a podcast dedicated to reporting the latest political and business news and giving people of all ideologies a platform to make their voices heard. Before we begin, please follow and share the show with all of your friends and feel free to message us on Instagram at Inside the 435 with any questions that you would love to hear answered on the show. And now, here's your host, Jack Bowie. Hello and welcome to episode number 25 of Inside the 435. My name is Jack Bowie. I'm your host. Today is Wednesday, February the 24th of 2021. Supreme Court declines Trump's request to delay the subpoena of his financial records. Merrick Garland, soon to be approved attorney general, says that an investigation of the events of January 6th is priority number one. Capitol security officials now arguing that they did not have the intel to prepare for Capitol Riot. All this and more on this episode of Inside the 435. Thank you for listening to Inside the 435. Our show is supported by sponsors and our loyal audience. This episode is sponsored by Anchor. Anchor is the easiest way to make a podcast. This podcast is hosted and produced with Anchor. Here is why you should use Anchor to produce your podcast. It's free, no cost to you ever. There are creation tools built into Anchor allowing you to record, edit, and upload your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor takes the tedious and long process of distribution off of your to-do list. Your show will be automatically distributed to Spotify and Apple Podcasts for you. Everyone dreams of making a little bit of money from a podcast. This is made possible by Anchor. With no minimum listenership, you can be offered sponsorships. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Do not wait a second longer. Download the free Anchor app, that's A-N-C-H-O-R, or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Let's start with our first major topic today. Supreme Court declines Trump's request to delay the subpoena of his financial records. So with this ruling, or uh, you know, supposed non-ruling, there's little stopping a New York grand jury from obtaining Trump's tax records and reviewing them. Now, we all know that Trump has made it clear throughout the past couple of years that he has done nothing wrong, but uh, will not be releasing any tax records. So personally, for me, this goes one of two ways. Uh, number one, we see that Trump's records are fine, uh, which you know we all hope to see, so that we can put this matter behind us. And you know I will accept fault for accusing Trump of tax evasion and fraud for the past years. You know, I'll admit that I was wrong, if that's what we find. Now, uh, number two, which I believe is more likely, Trump's taxes show a lot of evidence of fraud and evasion, in which case we will be proved right, possibly even see that alleged $750 value, uh, $750 value that we've all been talking about. Uh, and then we now Trump with the criminal uh, indictment in the great blue state of New York. Um, and uh, I, I think that if Trump's criminally indicted in, in New York, um, it's it's very possible that he's convicted. Um, so if I'm being honest, I, I do sort of hope to see it go the second route. This would affirm my belief that Trump will see the inside of a jail cell in the next decade. Um, I've said this before, a, a Trump is seeing a jail cell in the next decade. decade. Um, but, but you know, if not, if, if it goes the first way and his taxes are fine and we're proved wrong, it does make the country look better. Um, and, you know, I'm not in any position to be rooting for somebody to uh, be convicted of, you know, criminal tax evasion, like... You know, that, that's not something we want to happen. The reason we arrest people is because we don't want that to happen. Uh, so, you know, I, I kind of hope that, that it doesn't go that way. Um, but if it does, then, you know, I'll just be proved right. But here's inside the 435 personality, Ali Sadiq, to discuss this issue. So for me, I guess like the big problem when it comes to taxes, 
I mean, like, if you release them in the first place, I'd understand it. But I guess now that, like, he's been hiding it for so long, I can see why it's caused some suspicion. I think, actually, like, from Republicans, they think, like, oh, not, like, it's just going to be taxes. He probably might have found a loophole, like, which made him have to pay less. But I guess Democrats might, like, try and find flaws within the, um, within his taxes that, that could potentially incriminate him. The only thing I really see is that, I guess the only reason I would see that he may be incriminated because of these taxes is because he's been holding on to for them to them for so long. It might be cause for concern, like what if he's hiding something or something like that. Yeah, so that was Ali Sadiq from Inside the 435. He mentioned a lot of great things, uh, including the reasons um, behind this whole search. Now, what Democrats are, uh, what Republicans are going to argue, if something bad shows up uh, in those taxes that he found a loophole. Um, and, you know, as you know, the Republicans are not for taking money from the government um, and sitting on welfare and, you know, making money off of other people. So they should be very against anything that they find with Trump. But as they've said from the beginning, it's possible that, you know, he found a loophole, um, you know, if, if that's what they're going to argue. Now, another thing uh, that we could potentially see is, um, you know, from the Democratic side, you uh, you know, they believe that this this loophole is criminal. So in, in a state like New York, with a, a vast majority of people voting against President Trump, it's very possible that he is, one, indicted and two, um, criminally prosecuted if something is wrong there. Now, I'm not going to I'm not saying right now that something's wrong because, you know, we obviously do not know that. We don't know whether something's wrong. We don't know, um, you know, whether he did anything at all. Uh, but, you know, at this point, we're kind of just assuming so yeah, we really have to see. We'll we'll just wait and see what what's found there. These records are not going to be released to the public, uh, probably unless it goes to a criminal trial, um, because anything that is you know all evidence in a grand jury case must uh, remain in, uh, sealed. So we'll have to see. But our second topic for today: Merrick Garland, soon to be approved Attorney General, says that an investigation of the Capitol storm is priority number one. So before uh, we get into what he said, let's first talk about Garland. Uh, Merrick Garland's prop probably, in my opinion, Biden's absolute best nomination for any position um, from the start of his administration. Um, and he's got one of the most respectable resumes. Uh, Garland's managed to gain, maintain support and trust from fellow Democrats and oppositional Republicans in the Senate and the House. Uh, Garland has maintained this trust with Republicans by affirming that action would be taken to look deeper into the investigation of Hunter Biden. And he, he's, he's very good at sitting on a fence, in my opinion, um, but he's, he's also very good at what he does. And he said that his priority is not punishing those involved, but prevention in the future, um, you know, because we all know that that punishment is, is occurring right now. Uh, hundreds of people involved have been prosecuted, but his, his number one thing is not pr uh, prosecution, but prevention in the future. Um, we all understand that this was not a one-time thing, and if you think it was a one-time thing, then you're very wrong. Um, it, it is very, very likely to see something like this in the future, very likely, if action is not taken immediately. And, uh, you know, I mean, you can you can do your own research. You can read research done by organizations and the media. Trumpism is here to stay. Trumpism is not done. And, you know, if you don't know what Trumpism is, it's essentially uh, th this ideology that Trump has created, this belief system that Trump has created. Oh, it's almost like a subset of the alt-right, a subset of the, radi uh, the radical right, subset of the Republican Party. And it's full of a bunch of people who have, yes, Republican beliefs, but the way that they, uh, you know, use these Republican beliefs, the, the uh, 
how radical these beliefs are. This is all Trump. Um, Trump created this. Um, The people who went to the Capitol riot are not regular Republicans who went and voted for Mitt Romney because they thought he was a good guy. All right, these are not the regular Republicans. These are radical Trumpies. I mean, you can use that word. I don't know what else to call them because I I don't like to use the word, uh, you know, right-leaning or Republicans because I I know a lot of very good Republicans. I know a lot of very educated Republicans. The Republican Party is not a, a horribly corrupt or criminal party. Um, the, the Trump family is corrupt and criminal and Trump is corrupt and criminal and his supporters are following, um, a racist, corrupt, criminal homophobe. Um, so no, there, there's nothing against the Republican party, but the Trump's Trumpism is definitely here to stay. And that's what I have something against. Um, you know, I know you've seen the Ben Shapiro tumblers that say leftist tears. Ben Shapiro has nothing against liberals at all. You know, I, he, everything he does is kind of for show when he you know, is uh, against liberals. But he is against leftists. So his tumblers say leftist tears. All right. If I had a tumbler, it would say uh, Trumpy tears, not Republican tears, not rightist tears, because I have nothing, not conservative tears. I have nothing against conservatives or Republicans. I do have something against Trumpies. So that. Maybe I should get those. That'd be pretty cool. Let me know if you buy one. So we do know that this is something that's going to happen again if very aggressive action is not taken. So this is a great segue into our third story today. Capitol Security officers, officials sorry, are now arguing that they did not have the intel to prepare for the Capitol riot. And this may come as a surprise to many. Uh, this was posted about for weeks on social media. The media planned for this to occur. Um we expected something closer around inauguration time, but after that Trump speech, um, you know, it shouldn't have been a surprise that it was going to happen that day. Um, and, and we knew something was coming nonetheless. Had you asked me on January 1st whether or not a, a large group of Trump supporters would pose a threat during the inauguration process, I would have told you absolutely yes. It turns out I was a little off on timing, but it is impossible to argue that we did not have the intelligence to prepare. Now, why does it seem like this happens so much? How come things uh, can be posted all over social media threatening gun violence, bomb threats, school shootings, terrorist attacks, and we are somehow blindsided every single time? Now, I'm not an expert. I know nothing about foreign intelligence or FBI and CIA investigations. I'm just a 15-year-old political podcaster who knows law. All right. It seems to me that these investigations should be able to prevent uh, or better prepare, at least, for certain disasters. Um, And... I mean, th- this hap- it seems to happen a lot. It seems like everybody always knows, except the people who, who need to know, the, the government. Um, and, you know, I'm not saying there's some conspiracy theory, because I, I don't think there is. I think it's just um, poss- possibly in these FBI and CIA's, CIA investigations, uh, some they, they just, I don't know if they either ignore some of this evidence, like bomb threats, don't take it seriously enough, um, you know, some of the stuff on social media or they just are horrible at preparing and, uh, realizing how big some of these things are going to be because we were absolutely not prepared. I mean, we had almost just typical mall security surrounding the Capitol. Um, and then when the big guys showed up, they practically let them in, um, because they didn't want to use deadly force because they were, they were Trumpies. Um, so I, I think that it should be much, much easier for us to prepare for some of these things. 
it, it really doesn't seem like it should be as hard as it is. Um, I mean, when th- this is planned, you know, and maybe, I mean, maybe they did have security plan. Maybe they were like, okay, inauguration day, a couple days before inauguration, we need to have very aggressive security at the Capitol. And maybe they did. But they weren't planning for something to occur faster than it did. Nobody thought it would happen on January 6th. That date has no significance other than the fact that it was the day that the uh, electoral uh, votes would be certified um, and counted in the Senate. So that that was the only thing happening that day. That that was the only thing special about the day. And nothing would have happened had Trump not given that speech. Had Trump not given that speech and practically said, I'll be right there with you, we'll march um, hand in hand to the Capitol building and we will be loud, aggressive, put up a fight, not give up. Um, then that that would not have happened. And I'm not saying nothing would have happened because I bet something would have happened, but I bet it would have happened on Inauguration Day. I seriously do. And the reason that it didn't happen on Inauguration Day is because it happened on January 6th. And and if, if they did something on Inauguration Day, then they would no longer be able to argue that it was Antifa, right? Because they were arguing that it was Antifa, um, which didn't make any sense. And... Um, all the things that were coming around in the media, I just want to clear this up, just so that people know, because I really haven't talked about this whole Antifa thing. People were showing symbols, like a symbol uh, in, a, in a capital win- window on a flag that says AF. Okay, that, that's America first, all right, not Antifa. Um, almost every single person that has been interviewed there has said, I'm here because Trump told me to be here. Um, all of the people being uh, prosecuted are saying, I, I went because Trump told me to. Uh, nobody is arguing that they are part of Antifa. Just I want to I want to clear that up so that people know um, that nobody there is arguing that they were part of Antifa. Nobody there is saying they were part of Antifa. All the stuff you're seeing about this being Antifa, that does not exist. And when we think about Antifa, obviously there's the organization. If you if you uh, believe that there's an organization, then there's there's the organization. But the other part of Antifa is is the the uh, bare bones definition of the word, which is anti-fascism. All right. Ask any Trump supporter, ask any Republican, are you anti-fascist? They will tell you yes, because their leader is called fascist, right? People refer to him as a fascist. Uh, I'm not calling him a fascist, um, but but Trump has been called a fascist by the media, by people. Um, so what they're going to tell you is that they're not fascists. So you say, are you Antifa? And they'll say no. Okay. They don't understand what Antifa is, and I'm, I'm again, referring to Trumpies, the people who went to the Capitol building. Liking Trump does not make you a Trumpy. The Trumpies are the people who went to the Capitol building and have radical beliefs uh, because they follow their leader. They believe that Trump is some supreme being. Those are the people with problems. There is no problem with uh, people who support Trump because they think he is a good person. That's not a problem. Um, I disagree with you. All right. We have different beliefs. I don't understand how you can like him, but but that's how it is. When you're on one side, whether you're, whether you're on the left or the right, you can't understand. It's impossible to understand how somebody on the other side likes somebody on your side. It, it, you just can't do it. it. It's impossible, all right? So, you know, I might not understand, and I don't understand how some people can find that, find Trump to be a good person. I, I cannot understand that, but I, I understand that I don't understand. So I know that people, also other people on the right, don't understand how I like Biden. They they just don't understand it. It doesn't make sense to them. Um, so yeah, that's that's kind of what I wanted to talk about. I wanted to um, kind of understand. I, I want people to understand there is a divide. There's a divide between us. We are we are um, 
divided here in the U.S. We are. Um, but this divide does not need to separate us. We can come together over this divide and realize that we have differing beliefs. And you're not going to change anybody's opinion in debate, most likely. All right. Uh, even even the uh, adults that we you know elect, these the quote unquote professionals in the Senate and the House, uh, minds cannot be changed unless you're unless you're one of those classic Republicans or classic Democrats who truly wants what's best for the country. Then your mind should be able to be changed. But for the most part. It's impossible. So which basically what I wanted to say is that over this divide, we can unify. We can realize that there's this divide. We can I- identify this divide and we can use it to our advantage to say that we have a lot of people with differing a lot of people with differing beliefs. And when they come together, all right, when when we recognize these differing beliefs, we can have civil debate. We can have civil conversation and we can actually approach a a solution that's going to benefit us. All right. And this is something unheard of in this House and the Senate because they don't do this. They don't realize that there's this divide. They don't recognize that the other people don't understand their beliefs, and we separate over it. So that's what I wanted to talk about today. Thank you very much for listening to the news. Let me know what you think of this new format uh, with the the music, with the new intros. Um, the audio only is definitely easier for me. I can uh, you know spend more time. I can write scripts. I can... Um, you know, definitely do more research because I don't have to worry about the whole editing and recording process because that is very difficult. I'll still probably do video um, format when I'm with other people, and I'm still going to upload uh, the audio version to YouTube with, you know, um, you know, the audio wave or anything like that. We'll figure it out. But thank you very much for listening to this episode of Inside the 435. This has been Jack Bowie on Inside the 435. Don't lose track of the latest news. Follow Inside the 435 on Spotify and Apple Podcasts so you're always notified when a new episode goes live.